Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I'm your host for the Facts Roundtable podcast. I'm a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog. We're exploring food service with one of the most loved and celebrated food allergen-aware chefs in Nevada, Keith Norman, executive chef and food allergy advocate, who also is a FACT board member. Welcome, Chef Keith. It is an absolute honor to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. You know I'm such a big fan of yours, and I don't even know how many years we go back. (laughs) Okay, well, let's just say 10 plus. Let's just do that. Well, now we're going to jump right into our first question for you. Okay, sure. So you do not have allergies, nor does anyone in your family, yet you have become a very strong voice in our food allergy world. Can you explain how you found us and can you share your background with our listeners? Sure. So actually, um, I grew out of an olive allergy, but that was like prior to 2009 when I really realized what allergies was. And my daughter at the age of like 24 acquired an avocado allergy. So in 2009 was actually the first experience here at the hotel with allergen family, the Gordons who live here in town. They were eating in one of our restaurants and the boys, the two boys, uh, Matthew and Scott had multiple allergens. So it was a one of the first times that we had to, or we experienced like multiple allergens at one time and fed them safely. And then I was, the next year I was invited to speak at the conference down in California. So that's really when the first allergen group that I was a part of. And then from there, the South Point and I um, started to do the allergen walks. And and I guess the rest is history. Just started to meet amazing folks like yourself and jumping on the bandwagon. So for me, I mean, my, my commitment really to the allergen families is all those that I've met over the years, they have a voice and they deserve to be able to come out to an establishment and eat safely. So that's uh, my commitment and South Point's commitment really since 2009. Since then, I've attended the Food Allergy Blogger Conference and the Fact Teen Retreat, where you were in charge of feeding all the attendees with food allergies. So can you explain what is the process you take to feed such a large group of people with special diets? Well, I think the neat thing with conferences, and we still do that now with banquets, is getting the allergen list ahead of time. So you know how many people, how many allergens. I mean, here we treat, it doesn't matter what the allergen is, we're going to, procedure is going to be the same. But I think one of the biggest things for us at the South Point was training, getting everybody into a classroom and getting them to understand that you know, allergen lives matter and procedures matter. And then once once they have an understanding of why this is important, putting in SOPs and different procedures for front and back of the house, you know, that's just really secondary. You got to touch the heart first. Fortunate that we were able to do that here initially. And then the conferences, the FAB conference, the, the FAT conference, all those made an impact because You know, not many people are out there doing allergen conferences. So for our team, getting all you folks in the building and um, bumping elbows with you, really seeing the 
the families and faces. And, you know, I think that was one of the biggest things that kind of put us in that leadership role. So in preparing for these conferences and large groups on special diets, how far in advance do you need to start looking at recipes? I still remember, I think it was a mango dessert taco you made Mm -hmm. that was out of this world. And I was just stunned that it was top eight free. I don't even know how you did that, but obviously you have to put a lot of time into this. So how far in advance do you have to start? And then how do you develop all those recipes? Well, I mean, in, First of all, a lot of the recipes that we use, especially for the very first conference, really came from a lot of you, just really asking the questions. And as different folks would reach out to me, I got a lot of knowledge in that first conference from a lot of the folks who were coming to the conference. But in the typical scenario of a catering event, we start three months out with the initial, these are the menus, and we send those out. And then we get those proofed and really dealing with, like, for instance, with fat, dealing with Eleanor every step of the way and getting her input was really helpful. But I mean, as far out as as we can, once you have the list of folks coming and the allergens, again, that just gives us insight. And once we can get the menus out to you so you can see what we're offering, then the work comes in manipulating the menu to make sure that it's allergen free or allergen friendly. And then you mentioned the front of the house and SOPs. Can you explain front of the house, back of the house, and SOPs for our listeners? Sure. So standard operating procedures. So front of the house, so I I like to think of it as touch points. In most cases, the server or the manager is the first person that comes in contact with the allergen guests. Well, they need to be just as versed in allergens as the culinary team. So here, when we train, we train together. So the front team, back team, we all hear the same music. So it's important. Communication is super important. So we've put standards in place in the front of the house where we use an allergen pad. So the server, when they come to the table, they're actually just checking off the allergen. So we have the top 10. We've added, we've included corn and sesame. And then some of the more common ones that we get here, garlic, citrus, sulfites, things like that, those are on the list as well. Server comes to the table. They don't have to write anything down, just check mark, which makes it easier for them. And then it makes the conversation with the kitchen just a little bit more simpler, I guess. Keep it simple is really what I've tried to do here. So we're not, you know, we're not recreating any wheels. We're making it user friendly. That's been my whole goal. Make the when you think about the flow. From the time the customer says allergen to the time the meal is served, I've tried to make each one of those steps just user-friendly. Thank you for bringing that clarity because I think a lot of guests don't realize what happens behind the scenes. Sure. So now based on that, what steps do you think people with food allergies can take before they attend, say, a conference or retreat or even a wedding? Yeah. I think in this day and age, you got to ask questions. I think it's important that you you know, reach out in advance, see what menus are available, making me aware of what your allergens are well in advance. For instance, when we do a a banquet, a matter of fact, we did a, we did a banquet today, our first under the COVID craziness, or 150 people. And so we had to use four of our small banquet rooms. So we had social distancing. We had probably 15 allergens in that group. And because I had that information ahead of time, we because it was a plated meal, we had already had just a allergen-free, allergen-friendly meal that was good for all 15 because we just took the top eight 
out of this meal. So we were able to serve this meal to 15 people with no problem. So for me as a chef, if I have that information ahead of time, now keep in mind, we've been doing this for some time. So we already have allergen menus in place. But if this was my first time out, having that information well ahead of time, which we did, me as a chef in the kitchen, I'm already preparing that meal free of most of the allergens today were peanuts, which was easy, but we just took top eight away and that was really cool. Thank you again for bringing some clarity into this area that again is kind of magical for us. We just go, we show up, this plate appears and and as you know, we worry, we're sick to our stomachs. So thank you for kind of demystifying. Just one other thing though, for, for the customer, communication is really important. And I think as you're Wherever you go, wedding or special event, I think ahead of time, you need to ask questions. You need to call. You need Training, I can't even say that enough. You've got to ask us now, what training have you had? Because just winging it, it's, that's just not cool anymore. And so how far in advance do you think people should reach out to a property? Well, I'll tell you, I have some customers coming in in August. They reached out to me in June just to let me know they were coming. And so we've been in communication because there's about 15 allergens that I have to deal with. So, I mean, you know, I would say for me, if I had a week's notice, I'm good because we've done this for some time. So procedures that I have in place just work, whether it's a, whether you tell me like right now or, or five days from now, but as much time as you can give me to prepare your arrival is, is best. I would say 30 days should be the benchmark. My family's policy is at least a month out. Mm-hmm. Can't leave the, the property or the restaurant needs to special order an ingredient. They have plenty of time to do that. They're not trying to send an employee all over town. Right. Sure. Sure. So now based on your knowledge, you wrote the book called Allergen Awareness, A Chef's Perspective. I so did. you Yes. And so can you share with listeners what this book is about? Well, I think roadmaps are really good. There's not a lot of folks out there wanting or willing to jump into the allergen arena, but I think it's necessary. Allergens are not going to go away. I wanted to put, I didn't want to put a a book together with stats. The goal is I want to teach a restaurant chef how to put steps in place to keep my family safe. So really, when you look at the book, the book is what we do here at the South Point. I mean, every restaurant is allergen friendly. We can accommodate allergens in every restaurant. So the book really is about you taking the plans that I've put in the book and implementing them, keeping in mind every operation is different, but the same. I don't want to confuse, but just think about this. Every coffee shop in Nevada has relatively the same type of quick service menu. So if I can do allergens safely and comfortably in my coffee shop, any other chef can as well. So when you say to me, well, we can't do that, I look at them like they're on something because it it can be done if you want to do it. You know, you got to be willing to jump into it. Well, I bought the book, I don't even know how many times now, because I take it and I share it and I give it as a gift. When my daughter went across the country for a golf camp, I brought the book with me because the food service person was a little shaky. Sure, and sure. it's a wonderful book. And I would highly recommend people taking a look at it if you want to share with a school or your place of worship or a camp. But I know everyone I've given it to has thanked me and has appreciated it. And if I recall, the book also had recipes in it. 
Yes, a couple of them we used here, but some I took, like for instance, you know, our baby Kendall, when she first came to me in 2010, there wasn't very much she could eat, but as we make our hamburgers here on the property, um, she was able to do the hamburger with freshly sliced cheddar cheese. So we call it the gooey gooey burger. So that's that's the Kendall burger. But yep, I put um I put some recipes in there, taking some of the simple things that I've done either here or at home and just kind of add them. So it's, it's not really a recipe book, but I uh, put a few recipes in there for you to try. Now I want listeners to just know something really fun about Chef Keith. He calls everybody baby <laughs> and he means that all of our children, as long as they step foot in his property, they are his babies. You betcha. Absolutely. And I've got a lot of them too. You do. And we love that. So now you're a bit of a local celebrity and I've seen you on TV quite a bit. So when you go on TV, what are you hoping to accomplish? Well, when I've had the honor to go on to channel 358 and 13, sometimes doing allergen month to kind of talk about allergens. And that's really the most inspiring time because there's a lot of folks who are unaware And when you're on TV talking about this subject, which is very important, my goal is really to, one, make people aware that allergens are out there and they're they're serious. And, you know, just to try to touch those hearts, you know, because there's so many culinarians who watch The Moore Show on Channel 5 when we go there. There's a lot of folks who watch that. So for the culinarians out there who will say, well, we can't do it, it's it's an opportunity for me to just kind of show them that, yeah, you you can do it if you just put a little effort, you know, towards it. So now I know you're a member of the Alliance of Black Culinarians. So can you introduce listeners to this organization? So here in Nevada, um, it's just a group of black chefs. It's just like the ACF group. Um, we're coming together to try to you know, we do a lot of charity stuff. You know, it's just like the Boy Scouts, a group of good culinarians who come together and we advocate for different things. And so a lot of the local properties here have chefs in either executive chefs positions or positions like mine. And and again, it's just an organization that I know that's out there just trying to make a difference. And so now with this group, have you been able to discuss food allergies and help them understand them? Um, a lot of the chefs in the group ha- actually have gone to training classes with me. So yes, I would, I would say yes. We appreciate you sharing your expertise. Chef Keith, you've known and worked with Eleanor for years, and you've graciously accepted to serve on the FACTS Board of Directors when she launched FACT. You're now serving on FACTS Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Advisory Board as well. What do you hope to see come out of that advisory board? Well, I think probably just more understanding and awareness. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there. And I think, you know, this is an opportunity for us as a group, you know, like you you mentioned, just kind of lay it on the table. And then once it's on the table, you just kind of take each comment or each piece and talk through it. We need more heart in the game. If what we accomplish as a group, if we can just touch touch hearts. Oh, turn on the heart light and get people thinking about the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I think it'll be a better day. But as as our baby, Miss Kendall always says, better is coming. So I, I believe that. And I think this group has a unique opportunity to really just kind of be that heart center and, you know, just open hearts. And, and I think you start, you do that by giving good sound information. That is really 
a beautiful, heartfelt sentiment. And I'm also just very grateful to you and want to thank you on behalf of FACT as well for joining that board. We know you're a super busy person. Yeah, my pleasure. But just to, before we wrap up today, I just want to see if there's anything else you would like to share with listeners about the food industry and food allergies or anything you want to talk to them about. Well, you know, Caroline, the food industry is changing. I smile because I think being an optimist, I mean, you get an entire nation shut down. And I always ask myself from whatever challenges I have, what am I to learn? So I think as we move forward, whether we're talking race or industry or how the food industry is changing, because it certainly is going to be changing. I think the organizations who are sharing information, you know, come from the heart. I mean, I think, again, going back to the heart, if we all came from the heart, oh, my goodness, can you just imagine where we would be? Proud to be a part of FACT and certainly those of you, you, Eleanor, and some of the other folks that I've been honored to know over 10 plus years. I'm in it to win it and appreciate, you know, all of you and certainly anything I can do for you, you just All you have to do is say boo and I'll be there. And that is the truth because I can personally say I've called you up several times needing help, needing guidance, and you were right there. So personally, I want to thank you, but also from the food allergy community, again, we really thank you for advocating so strong and just standing by your word all these years and as you continue. So thank you for being who you are. Thank you for that fabulous, positive attitude of yours. And most of all, thank you for your time today. And I'm sure we will have you back on the show in the future because there's a million things to talk about with food allergies and food industry. You have my number. You can put that my email address and uh, phone number out there and whatever I can do always. Thank you. I will. We have a great day, Chef Keith. and We look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you, my darling. Thank you all for listening to Facts Roundtable podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, share, and review our podcast and be sure to connect with us on social media. You can find us on Apple podcast, iTunes, Google podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.